Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Gallon, shotgun, scoreless game, hit and sack! Javon Kinlaw trying to open eyes. He's supposed to be a big timer, and that was a big time play. Now back to 95.7 The Game. One hour in the books, one hour to go. Sterling Bennett, Evan Giddings with you here on 95.7 The Game. 49ers postgame coverage. Week two of the preseason. All good so far. 17-7, to the final score tonight in favor of the 49ers in Minnesota against the Vikings. No Trey Lance, but also you know, no Nick Bosa. He's not going to play in this preseason. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Trent Williams. A lot of big names for the 49ers expected to have an impact that did not play here tonight. And we're talking about the why, specifically as it pertains to Trey Lance, when the likes of Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Matt Ryans, those quarterbacks, veterans and otherwise, are playing in the preseason. So, you know, we, we got the Comcast Business text line open, chiming in, 888-957-9570. If you want to talk about the quarterback position, if you want to talk about some of those question marks that we brought up in the first hour as far as the running back group, as far as the secondary. And we saw George Odom. We heard his highlight. We, we heard the interception that he made in the first quarter of this game. The three takeaways, by the way, for the 49ers here today. But if... Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Traverius Ward, right now all three of them sidelined with hamstring injuries. Not supposed to be not supposed to be long term for those three guys. But who do you trust then in the secondary if your three arguably best players back there, cornerbacks and safeties, are unavailable? Yeah, well, I think Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley should be back by week one. But there's always that concern, always, you know, you never know with a hamstring. You know, I pulled my hamstring playing baseball. I'm sure you have too in your in your playing days. You were a college player, I believe. Tore it. it doesn't feel good, and it, no. t- it takes a while to heal. Now, these are only strains that can take a week or two. They're not playing in preseason games, nor do I think they should be. They're proven. Trey Lance isn't. But also, Jimmy Ward's not going to play. I think you have to go George Odom. Tavarius Moore hasn't shown enough coming back from injury himself. Had a couple nice plays early, but last week got burned by Romeo Dobbs on fourth down. You just can't have that happen. Odom has had a more clean slate, a more clean record in preseason. So I do think if one of those guys, which is most likely to miss time, that being Jimmy Ward, I do think George Odom is your guy to replace him. Then who's your depth at secondary or at least at safety? I don't know. But right now, to me, it's an Odom and Hufunga tandem playing safety. Maybe Taylor Hawkins. What's his name? Taylor Hawkins finally got that one correct. Had the interception at the end of the game. He might be, as an undrafted free agent, be able to work his way into the mix. Who knows? 
And then as far as the running backs, certainly want to clean this up before we get back into the quarterback conversation, the expectations for the individual, the expectations for the group, the expectation for the coaching staff. If Elijah Mitchell misses some time this year right now, he's also sidelined of the hamstring injury. Hopefully have him back by week one. But we saw tonight they do have a large group of running backs. But do they have a dependable back? To me, outside of Jeff Wilson Jr., who I think is most effective as you know, third down back, one to two, every possession potentially, but Trey Sermon, still a question mark. Ty Davis Price was probably the most impressive just with how physically he ran tonight in the second preseason game, Don't I think. sleep on Jordan Mason, my guy. Georgia but Tech. That's he, your boy. He's a body. All right, tell me about him. Break him down. I love him. That's all you need to know. Okay. No, but seriously, I, I think Jordan Mason, he had nine carries tonight, 57 yards, averaged 6.3 yards a carry, had the longest run of the night, that being 17 yards. While I'm not saying he's going to be you know, a Jeff Wilson Jr. impact player or going to come in like Elijah Mitchell did last year and take the, the Niners running back room by storm. I just think what he's shown, and Kyle Shanahan has a knack for grabbing undrafted free agents, making them play. Brita Moster was off a team for a long time, came here, had an impact. I think Jordan Mason might be the next guy. He just feels like he's having a good camp, having a good preseason. He just feels like that guy, the next Shanahan guy that might surprise us. And another position group, actually, I, I just thought of this because you were particularly hot on the tight ends. And there, there's some decisions to be made with the 49ers. We saw tonight Tanner Hudson was the guy who actually got the most targets, six of which he caught five for 43 yards. Ross Dwelly, the second leading receiver tonight at the tight end position for the 49ers, three catches, 38 yards, caught all three of his targets. Tyler Croft, one target for 19 yards. So there are some decisions to be made at the tight end position outside of George Kittle. Where do you stand on that, Sterling? Well, I think Charlie Warner is the bona fide number two. He took Ross Dwelly's job last year and kind of pushed Dwelly kind of on the end of the, the roster, the bubble of the roster. But to me, I don't care what Tanner Hudson did. He had a bad drop early in this game. Ross Dwelly had also, I think, two false starts. Tyler Croft only had one catch, but he's, to me, been the most effective guy, at least from a pass-catching standpoint of the depth they have in their tight end room, but I wouldn't be surprised if, well, they could say Ross Dwelly has experience in the system, and he's he's George Kittle's guy, tight end you, he loves him. And that may have some impact. Maybe they ask Kittle, who do you want? I don't know if that conversation takes place, but it could. And he may say, give me Ross Dwelly. But I'm leaning Tyler Croft. Played with the Jets last year. I believe he had 49 catches for a bad offense last year. Uh, it's hard to do that when Zach Wilson's running for his life, and he did that last year. Bring him in this year. Have him be your number three guy. But just like Ross Dwelly in 2019, two touchdowns against the Cardinals, why couldn't Tyler Croft, who's already shown to be a better receiver as a tight end, why couldn't he do that? Like, why does Dwelly have to be on this team? That's a good question, especially when the majority of the targets are going to be going to the outside. And tonight, splitting time between Purdy along with Sudfeld at the quarterback position, they did throw it 40 times. Now, I don't know where you're at with... Trey Lance's workload when it comes to airing the ball out. We talked about how much Shanahan may be trying to, you know, play into the strengths of Trey, trying to take the top off and then work almost from the outside in as far as what Trey has so far demonstrated his, you know, his stability, his 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 comfort zone so far. But with 
I, I would say probably 25 pass attempts per game, especially in the early going. That may tick up if you're down by you know a few scores. That may tick lower as well if you're up and you're playing with the lead, which I would expect the 49ers to be able to do, especially early in the year. But then how do you divvy up those targets? Because I'm looking at a stacked wide receiving group at the top. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Samuel's got the big money. He's coming off a career year, but Ayuk seems to be, by all accounts, the guy that Trey Lance is the most comfortable throwing to. They worked out in the offseason. That's his quote-unquote safety blanket in practice and all of this. But Kittle, of course, is a guy who at one point had set the receiving record for tight ends in the NFL. So like, how how do you try and even divvy that up? It, I, I want to hear from the people as well. 888-957-9570. But do you think it's going to be almost a, a receiving by committee type situation where Shanahan just goes with the hot hand? Or do you think that he's going to purposely try and script? Okay, Kill's getting 10 targets today. Samuel's getting 10 targets another day. Same with Ayuk. I don't think it's about targets. I don't think Kyle Shanahan goes into a game outside of running the football. He may say, I want to run 40 times. I don't think he comes into a game saying, I'm going to script Debo Samuel 10 touches. Now, he may find a player that he can exploit a defense with, and I think that's where you might find where there are games where Ayuk has you know, 10 targets or 7 targets, and Debo has 4, and Kittle has 10 on a certain day. I think that's when you might find it. Like, like take 2020 against the Eagles. They have a really bad uh, linebacking core. They can't cover tight ends. Kittle goes off. But Debo doesn't do anything. Ayuk had the big jumping, diving over the, the defender. But like there wasn't much outside of Kittle in that game. Now it's Trey Lance, not Nick Mullins. I get that. But I think Shinhan looks at it from a, what is my opponent going to give me? How can I exploit them? And I don't think it's going to be, I got to get a guy a certain number. Well, and, and talking about Ayuk, he was he was the guy who kind of made headlines this week with the discussion of joint practices, which, of course, Shanahan feels like is more valuable than the actual preseason game itself. And I'm kind of with him to some extent, just because the joint practices are where we actually get to see the Bosa's. We get yeah. to see the Kittles and the Ayuk's. And, and all, so that is where you actually get some sort of you know evaluation. And although it's not all televised and you're not seeing every single play, that's where I think a lot more is is kind of collected as far as information is concerned because it's also more situational and you can set things up how you'd like to be able to work on specific things for your team against an opponent. But Hayuk then came out and said, well, I, I think this is a waste of time. I think joint practices are, are simply boring. They're maybe not challenging to him. I don't know. But... I kind of agree more so with with Shanahan than I do with with Ayuk, not just because he's the head coach, but I do think that you can take more out of a joint practice than a preseason game, as evident by one potentially we saw tonight where your starting quarterback is not on the field. Well, I think, and Brandon Ayuk did clarify his comments. He said, I I just like playing against the best defense in the league, which he believes is the Niners. So that's fine, but I also think it depends on the player. Like, if you're Nick Bosa, is it really a challenge to play against the Vikings offensive line? I don't think so. I mean, well, it, to be honest, it's not a challenge for him to, to face almost anyone. Which is why he's not playing tonight. And had Nick Bosa not even practiced against the Vikings, I would have said, well, he's Nick Bosa. So that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It just Shanahan, I think, I think the joint practices are better for a coach because they can scheme how they want to. They can work out certain plays they want to. They can show what they want to show. But I want to go back to the conversation we had a little bit about Trey Lance not playing because 
Do you think Kyle Shanahan's trying to hide him a little bit? Not for for Lance's sake, but for his sake of I don't want to show opposing defenses too much. Mm, I mean, potentially, but I, I just think that, and this is this is where I will agree with with the majority of our Comcast business text line when they say that you know Trey does not need to play. I feel like we've been getting more of that than the opposite. Yeah. Even though as fans we do we want to see Trey, we want to see the starting quarterback for the 49ers. I do feel like Shanahan is looking at this from a macro perspective where Trey Lance is going to be I mean injuries aside is going to play 17 games this year. So he has an idea of where Trey needs to be before you start the first game, where he envisions him at the bye week, and where he sees him at the end of the season. And so maybe Kyle Shanahan is just saying, all right, well, however I'm going to develop Trey, preseason really doesn't factor in, or the games, I should say, don't don't factor in, because Trey Lance is still incredibly raw. Even though he is the QB1 for the Niners, he is incredibly raw and he's very athletic, he's got a great arm, but the little things seem to be the type of stuff that gives him trouble. And so Kyle Shanahan, I could see him saying, well, all those little things, I can just do with him in practice. I can do with him in joint practices. I can set him up in the situations I want. Do you think it's, and maybe I'm going down the conspiracy theory road here, and please tell me if I'm being dumb or not. But We got 45 minutes left of conspiracy theory. Well, we're going down the road then, but do you think that maybe he doesn't want to show other teams what he's struggling with. That if I throw him out there for every single preseason game and he plays a quarter, maybe it's not just I don't want to get him hurt. That probably plays a large factor in this, but maybe it's I don't want to show Chicago what maybe Trey's having trouble with. Because there there are things he's having trouble with. But what, but isn't that all publicly available? I mean, when 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 the reporters do their stats at the end of practices and put them out on social media and tell us where Trey was good and where Trey was bad, like all tape. of that is available. It's tape. You, you can't get tape from practice. You're putting it on tape for everyone to see, not just the Vikings in practice. Like The Bears will have tape of that preseason game and say, maybe not scheme stuff, maybe not playbook stuff, but hey, trade struggles in the intermediate stuff. Let's exploit that. And it could be nothing. That may not even be a case in the conversation, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, that Kyle Shanahan saying, I can work with Trey on the things he struggles with in practice and not have to maybe throw him out there and get him exploited by a defense. Maybe it's the Seahawks or the Bears, maybe even the Rams later in the year. Who knows? But if you don't got tape on someone, he's played 10 quarters. He has almost no college tape. They have no idea what he's like. And so now you go into week one and they're saying, we don't know how to scheme against this guy. How do we defend against Trey Lance? You can't because Shanahan didn't show us anything. No, that's a good point. And maybe our next caller from Oakland, Ooh. Bart, wants to talk about the Niners. Joey? Or Bart, and you're there. I don't know if this is a train, if it's a catch-up <laughs> for the Giants. It might be a fellow friend from the East Bay. Bart, what's going on? You're on with Sterling Bennett and Evan Giddings here on 95.7 The Game. Now, just like Bart, he's a little late. He's not there. No, take him out. So... And uh, one, one I want to chime in too here. I, I do think, and actually, this is something I want to address. Okay, from the six five zero of the Comcast business text line, I'm sure Trey really wanted to play too back at home in front of his family. Now, I want to specifically talk about the word home because I've spent some time in the Twin Cities, lived in St. Paul for a little bit. Marshall, Minnesota, is nowhere near St. Paul. It is nowhere near Minneapolis. Not home. 
it is not he is not playing at home. But his family was there, his friends were there. If someone from Redding, California flew back to play the 49ers forever team there the Green Bay Packers, right? Would would everyone be asking if that person was coming home? Because that's not. about how far Marshall, Minnesota is from Minneapolis. But, but to be fair, if I said I'm from Pittsburgh, which is where my home is, and I say I played for the Pittsburgh, Char- California. Yes, exactly. Not not Pennsylvania. But let's say I played for the Steelers and I came back to Pitt, you know, to San Francisco and played the Niners, they would say, Well, how does it feel to be back home? And I would say, I'm not from San Francisco. I'm not even from Santa Clara. I'm from the East Bay. That being said, the East Bay is my home. Like, yes, I love the Niners, they're my team, but this is not my home. And I, I apologize. I don't mean to be a geography no, slob, but no. Marshall, Minnesota is closer to South Dakota than it is to the Twin Cities. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if he goes plays in Sioux Falls, he's, he's coming home. It's a little more appropriate. But to the texter's point, his family's there, his friends are there. His high, I think he invited his high school. Yeah, they bust him out for him not to play. Uh, but that, but again, come on, <laughs> just get him one play. One, even Alfredo Gutierrez, who is a great person, he's the Niners international player. He got one snap. It's a great story. He made his NFL debut tonight. Good on Kyle Shanahan. Good on San Francisco. But Trey Lance couldn't play one snap in front of his fans, in front of his family and his friends. Well, he did on Wednesday and Thursday. But that doesn't count. It <laughs> doesn't count. Well, preseason doesn't even count, but I'm still mad about it. <laughs> I know. We're just getting fired. I'm trying to figure out something to argue with Sterling about for the last 40 minutes here. We're taking you up until 9 o'clock on 95-7, the game after the Niners defeat the Minnesota Vikings without Trey Lance. 17-7 to here in Week 2 of the preseason. Can I ask you a question before you go on? Yeah, hit me. We heard Javon Kinlaw's highlight coming in. We did. And... You know Hollow Notes? They have Man Eater as their that one of their songs. Now, see, this is also where we differentiate because my my knowledge of classic music it hurting me. It's not good. So no, I don't. But can we get a song called Squirrel Eater? Squirrel Eater? Yeah, it's John, John Kinlaw's eating oh, squirrels. Oh, I see Let's, what you're doing. Man, bring Hollow Notes out. Bring Hollow Notes. Have him play a Squirrel Eater. That that can be the intro song for Javon Kinlaw. I wonder if Javon Kinlaw likes Hollow. I wonder if he's aware of Hollow Notes. Uh, I don't know. 888 957 He's in the woods often eating squirrels, so I'm not sure he knows. No, he he is, and, and I, I really do hope he can stay on the field because he is someone that can absolutely be a factor and a force up front for, granted, you know, if he if he didn't play a single game this year, the defensive line for the 49ers would probably be fine. They would mm. still probably be, I don't know, a top half unit in the NFL, but that's a guy, along with everyone else, if they stay healthy, can take you from top 15, top 10, to a top five overall defense. Like, that's how good I think they are up front. Yeah, I think when you add in Bosa, you add Nebukam, Ture, whoever you want to add in there, Drake Jackson, who, I mean, he's doing backflips. And he, what is he, 6'3", like 290? He's, he's, like two, he's like two of me and uh, three of Cam Williams right there behind the glass. Cam, can, can you do a backflip, by the way? A little bit. What What is a little bit of a backflip? Is that like you can do? You can do the cartwheel. Barely. I mean, I could do with the side um, flips, but I can't really do a full on backflip. I have to build some confidence to be able to do that. Okay. Well, apparently, it only took Drake Jackson one try on flat ground for him to be able to prove to himself that he could do a backflip. Because now it's like riding a bike. I can't even ride a bike, and he's doing backflips. That's probably my fault. I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't try hard enough. But man. <laughs> He is, he is a physical freak, and uh, a shout-out to our own Lucas Alexander, USC Trojan, and uh, he's a big Drake Jackson fan, and hopefully we will be this year, too, as you know, without a first-round pick this year, that was their first guy taken 
They're going to they, have Bosa and Jackson for hopefully 10 years. Hopefully. Like, how was that? I know we, we love Trey Lance. We're talking about him all the time. He'll be a topic of conversation forever. Do you think that the expectations for Trey Lance, and I guess we need to clarify that first because there seems to be wildly varying expectations for Trey, but the one that you threw out earlier in the first hour of our show I think is a pretty good one where you expect him to be Jimmy and more. And the more is the ability to take the top off with a deep ball like we saw to Danny Gray in the first week of the preseason, something that we could not see this week because he didn't take the field. So do you think that the expectations for Trey you know, already being able to sur- surpass Jimmy, like, is that something that could potentially set him up to fail? Because whether you feel like Jimmy is physically incapable or made dumb decisions or whatever you want to say about him in a negative way, he still did in the two years that he was fully healthy take you deep in the playoffs. Or you went deep with him in the playoffs. Oh, see, I don't like that. Why? He, he was the quarterback. Trey Lance is the quarterback. Yeah, but it's different. Because and I don't want to go down the what Jimmy did and what didn't he do route. Yeah. That's it's an old conversation. Sure. He's not gonna be here. Trey Lance, I think it's unfair for fans to say, oh, if he doesn't win the MVP or or, or Chris Canty came on earlier in the week. Love Chris Canty, ESPN guy. MVP? I think Lewis Riddick also, that was his, you know, Dark super horse. hot take, Dark Horse MVP like, pick. Like, if he doesn't get it, people are going to be upset. And that's not fair to him. And he may not care. He, he shouldn't care what we think about him. And he doesn't, obviously. He said it before. But man, like, come on. You're going to put MVP projections on this kid, expectations on this kid? He hasn't even played 11 quarters yet in the NFL during the regular season. Yeah, I, I wonder when it was the last quarterback, and, and of course this contributes to the entire hot take culture, but I would do wonder when was the last young quarterback that hadn't played a, a snap as the full-time starter and then is being thrown immediately into the MVP conversation. If anybody can help us out with that, I mean, we are Mahomes, all ears. Mahomes is probably the last one I could think of. Well, and, and he right. did do it, uh, to, to be fair. He did win MVP. But fans are thinking Lance is going to be Mahomes 2.0. And I hope he is, but to think he's going to be that in year one, like, that's just not fair to me. And he could be that. And if he is, by all means, we got a sixth ring, and I'm happy. But to say that about him, that, well, he's going to be this. But if he's not that, what happens? Well, hopefully Mark from Oakland can help us out with that question. He's calling in. If you want to chime in, 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Comcast Business text line. But Mark from Oakland, you are up next here with Sterling Bennett and Evan Giddings on 95.7 The Game. What's up, man? What do you want to talk about? Hey, hey, y'all. Thanks for taking my call. I want to talk about this, uh, this whole subject. And I got it all figured out. No, I actually don't. That's the problem. I don't understand what's happening. And it feels like I'm seeing... And I obviously Kyle Shanahan knows more than me. So for me to sit here and say I'm seeing it this way, it's almost a little silly. But my reason is telling me this doesn't make sense. The first thing I'm seeing is the type of quarterback. How many times, this is a mistake that happens over and over in the NFL, do you find an athletic quarterback who relies on athleticism and a big arm come in, they get a grace period where defenses, as you alluded to earlier, can't figure them out for a second and they can take off and run a second. And then they figure them out and they're done because they can't do the little things. They can't do the touch passing. The quarterbacks that have the athleticism and the big arm that survive and win championships also can make the touch pass. They can make the, the dump off. They can read the defense. They just do things that, and they have the athleticism. And 
it seems like a lot of signs are pointing to Trailance doesn't have those other ingredients. And I feel like I've seen this so many times. It's like another Kaepernick. I, he, he had that grace period where no one could figure out how he runs and stuff. And then he couldn't make the touch pass later. And he, could, he kept missing, you know, the wide open, the ones you have to make to move the chains. And there's been so many of those. Why? Kyle Shanahan, he's obviously really smart, but I don't get it. And then you bench this guy or get rid of a guy who had you knocking on the door and the defense let you down in the Super Bowls, or otherwise they have a Super Bowl. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm trying to figure out what's the mystery. Like, why would you go this route? And I don't understand it. And I'm still searching, too. And it feels like everyone sort of is. And I think it's not going to work out. It just doesn't look like it. It has all the ingredients of he might get a hot here and there in the beginning of his career, and then he's done. And I've heard Steve Young come on shows, and there's another quarterback, a, a really good – I can't remember who it was, but a couple big-time quarterbacks who really know the game. And they said the hardest thing to develop is that touch pass, the, the making the chain-moving throws, you know, that kind of thing. If you don't have the accuracy – accuracy and touch on the short game it doesn't usually come and it feels like i've seen that over and over and thank you mark i apologize we're up against it here so but everything well taken a lot of great points and a lot of great concerns that i think a lot of fans are feeling as well so we appreciate you chiming in we're going to answer some of the try and respond to some of those comments that mark brought up as far as you know things not making sense about how Shanahan's using Trey Lance in the preseason, and also why it might make perfect sense the the way that he's using him ahead of Week Three and a matchup with the Houston Texans next Thursday. Three games in twelve days. That those are the numbers that have been floated. Those are the numbers that we're going to tackle along with Sterling Bennett. He brought up a conspiracy theory earlier in this segment. There's a conspiracy theory that was floated around. The UFC earlier tonight that pertains to something big in the NFL that we want to get into in the last half hour here on 95.7 The Game. We appreciate you tuning in for your 49ers postgame coverage, and we'll be right back after these messages. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Is this your, this is your Hall of Oats? Heard. I wish I had a hall of votes. I love oatmeal, but no. And boss, this is not man eater either. Come on, Cam. 
See, Cam's right there with me. Hoo-ha! I was gonna do it, but then once uh, everyone was letting me know he hasn't know he doesn't know oh. any Hall and Oates songs. I mean, he's heard them, but he doesn't know how to match them. I figured, let me play one of their other ones and see if he might recognize that one. Is it so? That one's supposed to be one of the most popular ones. So we, we, we played at the station. Spadoni has a, a wide range of a very... Uh, Spadoni, by the way, technical producer, Sonny Guru, 12 to 3 weekdays. But he has a, a long list of songs that he'll use, and that's one of them. Oh. It says Hall & Oates on the title, but I... There's yeah. no song title on there? Just the name of the band? Well, no, because he knows. Because he knows exactly well, which Cam ones to go to. He doesn't know. You don't know. I don't know that song, but he's a man-eater. Well, Javon Kinlaw was a man-eater tonight no, no. for the San Francisco 49ers. He was a squirrel-eater. Oh, That's right. He's the squirrel-eater for the San Francisco 49ers. Well, there it is. This is man-eater? Oh, yeah. Squirrel-eater. Javon, where are you at? And Javon Kinlaw lines up right on top of the center. Goes left. Goes right. Breaks around the offensive lineman and swallows the quarterback hole. Just like a squirrel. Oh, there you go. We're having some fun here. Final segment. <laughs> last half hour here on 95.7 The Game. 49ers post-game coverage. Sterling Bennett, Evan Giddings with you. If you want to chime in on the conversation, 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Comcast Business text line. Something that a caller brought up right before the break. Mark. Got you a little incensed. It's, it's a bit of a misnomer, but I want to yeah. let you tackle it head on just like Javon Kimlaw does squirrels. I understand you said earlier in, this, earlier in the show that Trey Lance is an athletic quarterback. But people immediately, and I get it, the last 49er quarterback that was athletic was Colin Kaepernick. And you could think of you one of them, you know, losing a Super Bowl, having a good three- to four-year run, then falling off due to a shoulder injury, and it didn't stick after that. But Trey Lance is nothing like Colin Kaepernick. Trey Lance is far and away already, at 22 years old, not played a single snap as the ready-made starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, He's already a better pocket passer. He has better pocket presence. He d- he's not as good of a runner by far, but he's a quarterback that has the ability to grow. And if you know Colin Kaepernick, the long story was he didn't do much to improve. Trey Lance, he's already worked on the mechanics. He's trying to fix the things that you know might hold him back as a quarterback. And I do think that with Trey Lance, you want to say, well, he's athletic. He's like Kaepernick. He's not. He's nothing like Colin Kaepernick. He he actually really is the prototypical pocket-passing quarterback you want as your guy, but he can also run. He's the best of both worlds, and Kaepernick just wasn't. And hopefully there's somewhat of a reverse action when it comes to those two quarterbacks because whereas Kaepernick was very explosive, the league did adjust to him, yes. and they adjusted pretty quickly. Trey Lance... And fans, along with Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers, are hoping that Trey Lance can adjust to the league because that's going to be his biggest challenge in the first few weeks since we didn't see him this week. He'll he'll play, I don't know, I'm assuming he'll probably play a similar amount of snaps to, to what he did in the first week of the preseason next Thursday, probably 11 to 15 plays maybe. I'm thinking two to three drives probably, but I don't think we'll see Trent. I don't think we'll see him. I mean, we might see McGlinchey, but we're probably not seeing Debo. At least for two or three drives, they're probably getting one drive. Ayuk's probably getting a drive. Like we're not going to see many of those guys. But Shanahan could say you didn't play last week. We really don't have any joint practices. This is our dress rehearsal, and they could play for a full quarter. I I, I don't know because I thought he should have played this week, and he didn't. But we'll see. Well, and then the question becomes: How will Trey Lance adjust to the NFL? Because he has not played a ton of football, especially in comparison to his peers and his quarterback class from a year ago. He has had less in-game experience. And 
None of that's going to change before September 11th in Week One against the Chicago Bears. So he's going to have to, you know, to pretty much be thrown in a way into the fire. And people's expectations for Trey Lance, whether they be Jimmy Garoppolo or above, I really don't think there's anyone that expects him to be less than Jimmy Garoppolo. But are those in a way, somewhat of a you know, extra weight and anchor for Trey. Now he he's he said, and we've discussed this in the first hour that he doesn't care what the media has to say about him. And I'm really actually impressed the way that Trey has seemed to early in his career sort of master the interview or master the the media conversations that he has to that is required of him to have. He's very short, ten to fifteen seconds, gets to the point, tends to sort of deflect you know attention, praise from himself. He puts it on to his teammates. That's always a sign of a good quarterback or a good leader in the quarterback room. And and you brought up something, too, that I, I think we, we can get into before we, we talk about one of the biggest conspiracy theories that I've heard in the NFL in just a couple of minutes. But Trey Lance, as a leader, like he does have those qualities that you want. And now, and I think he understands this, too, it really just comes down to winning football games because he's got the makeup of a franchise quarterback from everything that we can tell, everything that has been giving to us to evaluate. Now it comes down to winning games, and I'm at least glad that he appears to be locked in on that singular goal. Well, if you look at Trey Lance in his press conferences, like you said, you can tell when a young guy comes in and he's nervous. He's like, uh, like... A lot of them do that. They don't know how to answer the questions. But Trey Lance, he commands the room. He answers the questions short, concise, how you want a quarterback to do so. Jimmy Garoppolo last year deflected to his teammates. The line was great. Running back room was great. Trey Lance does the exact same thing. And that's the stuff that makes you fall in love with these guys, right? That's why fans have such, among other things, a connection to Jimmy Garoppolo, to Kaepernick, to Alex Smith, guys that deflected and were good leaders on the field. Now, Trey Lance has that stuff, but... If you just win, nobody cares. It really how you play. Jimmy Garoppolo last year, 180 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. But they won. And if and if you win 10 games, and if you have four passes against the Packers in the NFC Championship game, but you win, nobody cares until you falter in the biggest moment of your career. I don't think Trey Lance is at a moment where I, I do have faith where if it came down to it, where it's a big game, say it's a playoff game. My biggest concern really isn't Trey Lance. And I think that might be saying something to what I think of him as a person. Yeah. I think he's big enough for those moments. Well, he may have to be, but the question, of course, is then can he get there? He's got to, he along with the 49ers as a team, Long road. have to answer that first. Can they get to where the 49ers did last year, which is the conference championship game? And a lot of people have sort of been penciling San Francisco in as. You know, a, a Super Bowl contender, a team that's going to be in the mix. And I do wonder whether that is because of how much they believe in the 49ers and, and specifically what Trey Lance can be by season's end, or how much it is that they don't believe in the rest of the NFC, namely the Los Angeles Rams, Green Bay Packers. You could put the Arizona Cardinals, the Dallas Cowboys potentially in that conversation. So there appears to be somewhat of a lack of top-tier elite-level you know, teams in the NFC opposite the AFC, which is stacked. So like, where, where do you fall on that, Sterling? Do, do you feel like fans are, are kind of putting the 49ers on a pedestal a bit because they, they actually do think this team can win a Super Bowl? Or 
is it because they look around and say, based on the competition, there should be no reason why they can't win and go deep? Well, I think it's both. Because if you look at this team, it's almost the, the same team as last year, right? They And they actually added. They improved upon where they were weak. Special teams brought in Charvarius Ward to play next to Emmanuel Mosley. Maybe Jason Verrett's healthy. That secondary could be deep once Jimmy Ward is healthy again. Now, there are questions. We know this. The offensive line, what will Trey Lance be? But if those are your biggest questions, and the offensive line thing could be moot when it comes to Trey Lance's ability to run, we, we don't know. But I do think when you look at the rest of the NFC, who really is good? Green Bay has rookie receivers that have no chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, and he's, he's already calling them out. You yeah, got, he basically hates them. You've got Matthew Stafford, who has elbow tendonitis, elbow issues already, mm. and there's rumors that he'll grapple low to L.A. I don't think that's going to happen, but <laughs> but again, like Better hope there are so many conversations <laughs> about other teams that maybe were a roadblock in the Niners' way or a presumed roadblock in Trey Lance's way as a quarterback we're seeing they're already starting to show their weaknesses, whether it's injuries or whether it's a lack of chemistry. And the Niners really haven't shown, not just this fan base, but the rest of the league, where their weaknesses lie, which I do think allows many people to say, well, we don't really have any that are so profound they could cost us maybe a trip to immortality and getting a ring. But I also think that to have those expectations, you have to realize there's 18 weeks, guys will go down, big names may go down. It's a grueling, grueling season. This team last year, okay, and they were really bad and they were really good. Like, there's ebbs and flows, you just got to make sure you're on the right side of those. Absolutely, and health is, is also something you can't assume. Don't, don't want to make an ass out of you and me. We can't assume the health for the entire season, but that is one thing right now that is is a positive because, and we've heard multiple analysts and media members that have come on this station and, and even some hosts talk about the goal for the preseason in reality, as much as you want to see Trey Lance on the field or not, as much as you would like them to win games in which they've been successful in their first two tries, we'll see on Thursday night, but it's about getting through the preseason healthy. And in large part, they've been able to accomplish that. I know that we've talked about some of the position groups that we have question marks about because of a Jimmy Ward being hurt because of an Elijah Mitchell being currently sidelined. But none of those impact guys that are currently on the sideline appear to be injuries, at least for right now, knock on wood, appear to be injuries that are long-term. So they've been basically able to accomplish both goals to this point in the preseason, which is develop Lance, get everyone on the same page, Shanahan can implement what he wants to, and then walk into the regular season with a full set of characters. And a lot of those projections really are based on paper. And San Francisco right now, arguably, has the best team on paper. And if your biggest question mark is, can Trey Lance be who you need him to be? Well, that's a bet many, including myself, I'm not going to say Super Bowl or bust, but many will say I'm willing to take that. That we can go to a playoff game. That Lance is good enough right now at this moment knowing nothing of what he really is, that he's good enough to get us at least somewhere, whether it's a wild card, a divisional game, a championship game, that he's good enough with the surrounding cast that he may not have to be the greatest quarterback of all time, Mahomes 2.0. This team is good enough, even if he struggles, to carry the roster, to carry them 
to a playoff game. And that carries me into my next question, which is, what are your expectations for this season? Not Trey Lance, not Debo Samuel, not George Kittle, but all of them put together. Because where I'm at is simply this. Make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. And everything else after that is gravy because it is going to be incredibly valuable to a young quarterback and to a group that has youth not only at the quarterback position, but on the offensive line, in the secondary, places in which you would hope that they can get better throughout the season, that they can get better throughout their careers. I mean, you just talked about you know Nick Bosa being paired with Drake Jackson potentially for 10 years. Nick Bosa could get better this year. Drake Jackson will get better by virtue of not having played yet in a regular season. So all of this put together, my expectation of the 49ers this year is to make the postseason anything less than that is unacceptable for myself i just don't want them to take too big of a step back if you take a step forward by all means we're all celebrating on market street we're having a good time but if you go nine and eight and you miss the wild card by a game it's like okay like what did trey do and i get it's not about trey this is about the niners themselves but the changes you made did they start to progress later in the year and improve your team? Did the running backs improve? Did the defensive line improve like Drake Jackson? Because those things, while individual, affect your team as a whole. And if they finish 9-8 and eight and they're in this thing till the end and there's improvement from a mass majority of players, then I'm cool with that. It's, it's going to stink to not watch Niners in the playoffs, but if they're 9-8 and eight and they're fighting for the wild card in Week 18 and they miss it just like they were last year, although it would have been a letdown last year, I would say, okay, this makes sense. It, it makes sense why you didn't make it this year. Now, in two years, it's you got to be a playoff team. In three years, depending on what the players look like, it's okay, now you got to be better than that. But coming into this year, I'm thinking, be 9-8, don't, don't fall apart, basically. Okay, well, I, I mean, maybe that's just where we differ. I do think that making the playoffs is, like, that's something that, like you have to do if you want to. And now there are a few examples of teams that kind of take the league by storm and win a Super Bowl out of nowhere. Everything seems to click and, and piece it together. But that's usually when there's an inf- injection of veteran or, or, or leaders outside of the team that come in, a la Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020. That generally does not happen. And so that's why I expect them to make the playoffs. And then I think that that will be even more beneficial into year two or year three because you cannot simulate, as much as we've learned in preseason, we've learned this, you cannot simulate live action. And that's why Trey Lance is not on the field because they're saving him for the regular season. If he gets to the playoffs, that experience is incredibly, and I think increasingly more valuable as you move into the latter stages of his rookie deal, which is where he can maximize the rest of the roster. But one thing I want to get to, Sterling, before we get out of here, I want to have a little bit of fun because Dana White, president of the UFC, an event that's currently going on right now, early in, I think this was in the preliminaries, uh, shout out to my guy, Uz- Seti Usman, who's fighting tonight. Um, sorry, that's a play for the Cavaliers. Usman. Wow. I'm all over the place, Sterling. Who's all notes again? Hall of Oats? Hall of, Hall of Oats. <laughs> uh, one of them's name is Daryl, I think. There's a Y in there somewhere. But he had this to say about a situation that, honestly, might have affected the 49ers. 49ers were in play for a guy named Tom Brady a couple of years ago. The names, His name was floated around this past offseason. But the place in which it may have been the most likely 
was the place where Dana White explained earlier. I, I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And Whoa. all Whoa. hell broke loose, man. It, it was crazy. And, and, and Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk. I, I... What are we doing here? By the way, his name is Kamaru Usman. I apologize. You got it right. It's all nice. You second time's the charm. Brady to the and Gronk to the Raiders. I mean, no so, Derek Carr, no Darren Waller. Piecing this together, though, and I, I do think Waller may have stayed. Probably would have stayed. But yes, piecing right. this together because there was an episode. I think it was the shop, and it was either last season or the one before, in which Tom Brady went on and you know talked to LeBron James, and he said he mentioned a team that wanted a certain. I don't know if you called him a bum, but it's like a sorry ass quarterback, essentially. <laughs> that a team that he was interested in going to wanted over him. And the rumor mill that flew out of that was he was talking specifically, Brady was, about Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. So if you do believe in conspiracy theories and you do believe in piecing puzzles together, this does sort of align with the comments we heard from Brady himself a couple years ago. Let me ask last you. year. What does Dana White have to do with NFL transactions, making trades, making deals? Like, why is he talking to Matt Mayock or Mike Mayock, excuse me, and John Gruden about getting Tom Brady to Las Vegas? Like, what does he have to do with any of that stuff? That is... Why is he he brokering... You you are the owner of the UFC. Why are you brokering deals for the Raiders? Well, maybe because he's, he's trying to get a UFC event at Allegiant Stadium. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's trying to figure out a way to, to to maximize the spotlight on a city in which that has been featured frequently almost every week and every other weekend for the UFC. So he has a heavy investment in the city of Las Vegas. I'm putting words in his mouth. I'm fighting for him here. But this is this is a, a, a possibility. And I like I don't really believe in conspiracy theories much. But as we have a couple minutes left here, this is one I can, I can kind of get on board with. I mean, yes, I, I could see Dana White saying, hey, John, hey, Mike. I can get you Tom Brady. It's a win-win deal for myself and for you. I'll give you the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm sorry, it's not Joe Montana. I know we're in the Bay Area. And I can give you one of the greatest tight ends ever in Gronkowski. All I'm asking is I can put a stage and an event in your Allegiant Stadium. It's a win-win. We both make millions. You potentially make the playoffs, get a Super Bowl. Maybe you beat the Bengals last year. But it's like, come on. And yes, I do have a man crush on Dana White, according to 95.7 sources. The 415 on the Comcast Business Text Line, that is the one to walk out on. Sterling Bennett has a man crush on Dana White, according to our sources here at the station. I would polish that bald head. Look at that bubble butt. <laughs> oh, exactly. Cut that cam, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man, this, this has honestly been a ton of fun breaking down the 49ers and apparently some NFL conspiracy theories over the last two hours. I hope we get a chance to do it again soon, but... It, it, no, seriously, like I appreciate you coming on and and being able to to navigate the the various waters, the Hall and Oats, uh, the the different names that I've messed up throughout this show. Taylor, who? Hafonga. It was no, it was, uh, it was Jenkins. Hawkins. Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it eventually. Well, we got 30 seconds left. No, no, seriously. It's been a lot of fun. I hope we get to do it again soon. Hey, man. Great time. I, I feel good. We, we're, we're together for, it seems like, forever. 
although it's been like a year. That being said, it's great to be here for you. My debut on the air. I hope I did a good job. hope I impressed you. Matt, I hope you're listening. I, I hope I set you up, man. I know I was kind of bouncing all over the place and trying to tee up different balls on different holes and, you know. Yeah, you can cut that too, Cam. But, yeah, <laughs> yes, I, I really appreciate you, Evan, driving with me on this road of that being 49ers postgame. Niners beat the Vikings. I'm excited. Trey Lance, please play next week. And that is where we should end. Trey Lance, he will be out there next week on Thursday against the Houston Texans for week three of the preseason. And that will do it for Sterling Benning. Sir, Sterling Bennett, good Lord, Mike. What's I, my I, name, I cannot, man? I cannot pronounce names at this point. It's too late on a Saturday. I need a pop. Cam Williams, thank you so much from Behind the Glass for producing this show. My name is Evan Gidding saying so long as we send you back to your regularly scheduled Fox Sports programming right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.